What is going on, everybody? This is the Invest to Thrive podcast, the painless flipping podcast. That's what we call it. And today I have, I'm stoked because I got one of my favorite guests. He doesn't know it, but I really respect you, man. I've seen you at the Mastermind, the family. I saw your, I think you had your daughter go out and talk about the family motto. Is that what happened? That's exactly right. That's a great, great memory, Nate. It was amazing. I thought, I was like, dude, when I have kids, I just had my first daughter seven weeks ago, bro. Oh, congratulations. You are going to be a blessed individual. I'm so happy but yeah when i saw that i just remind me like man i gotta have make sure my family they got that motto they got that mission they know where they're going why they're here love it so cody let the audience know for people that don't know you who's cody hoffine in you know 30 seconds oh man in 30 seconds so stop me <laughs> if i get long-winded okay. uh i'm a, a married for this year will be 19 years in december uh, we have four beautiful children, me and Wendy. We have four beautiful children, 15-year-old boy named Bentley. I figured that was the only way to own a Bentley. Uh, hey. uh, 13-year-old girl, uh, Kenley, who you're referring to that spoke at the Family Mastermind. Amazing. 10-year-old boy. She, was, she, was awesome. she, she did awesome, right? Crushed it. Um, then I have my 10-year-old boy, Hayden, and a six-year-old girl named Harper. And so I, I, I'm a person that, uh, puts God and family first. And I believe when you take care of home base and, and, um, rely on some power that's outside of yourself, business kind of takes care of itself. And so hopefully that gives a little bit of background, enough background of who I am. And, yeah. uh, it's not cause I'm smart, but probably cause I put, uh, the most important things high in priority in my life. And because of that business kind of just works. I love it. I love it. So for everybody that's uh, new to the Investor Thrive uh, Nation and has never listened to the Painless Living Podcast, our goal is to show you that getting into real estate can be painless, right, Nathan Payne, painless if you surround yourself with the right people. So our goal is to show you where we started, you know, our first deals, how we got started. We're going to talk to Cody about his first deal and where he's at right now. Just so if you're coming into this and you're kind of questioning, hey, does this work or can I do it? Anybody can do it. And we're going to show you guys how Cody got started. But before we get started into your story i want to ask you putting god first extremely important for you has it always worked out for you like you know or has it taken time you've had to have that faith and you've had to just keep going or has it always clicked on your journey um uh, that's a great question i do believe that uh pain struggle trials in fact two years today i might choke up just a little two years to the day nathan my mom passed away of cancer right. and um so no, there's heartbreak, there's there's troubles, there's struggles, there's trials, there's challenges. However, I'd be a fool to also not say on the other side of that struggle, trial and challenge, specifically losing my mom two years ago to cancer, a better version of Cody was revealed and I was able to use those, those uh, moments of struggle to become someone better. Yeah. So no, faith isn't mean life's gonna be perfect and faith does not mean that just because you believe in God, for me, God, whether it's universe or whatever, whatever your higher source is, for me, it's God. Um, doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. It's going to be unicorns and rainbows. That's that's far from the truth. However, I can see the big picture hindsight every single time. So maybe in the moment, it's it's rough, Nathan. But as I look back, I can see how um, if you allow it, you can you can be a victim. Right. But if you if you can really see that life is happening for you and it's not happening to you, there really is a grand design and plan, and life is perfectly happening for us even in our struggles. Amazing answer. And I appreciate you saying that. And the reason I bring that up is just because I do know a lot of people throughout their journey, they feel maybe they feel like they are following God or they're doing what's right, but they're not seeing the success that others are maybe aren't doing what's right. And they question, hey, does it does it even work? Right. So because right now where you're at right now, you're, you're crushing it. 
And there's other people that you probably are crushing it financially that aren't doing it. So, you know, I always bring that question in, like, how does that, how does that help those that, you know, maybe are struggling at this point and they're like, am I doing what's right? Right. Yeah. So cool, man. Thank you for that. And uh, so let's, let's dive into that first deal of yours because I am interested in for all the people I know we're just like a different tone. Cause usually the first deal is kind of crazy situation, at least it was for me. So let's dive in and, and, and find out how you got that first deal. Walk us through it so people can learn from that experience. Yeah. Let me give like a precursor to that. I got into real estate or the chance to try real estate because life wasn't working great for me. I was still struggling to make ends meet as an insurance agent. So I came home early from work and my wife was crying at the table wondering, do we put food on the table tonight, Cody, or do we pay the mortgage that's due? And that was that was a challenge for me as a dad, as a, as a husband, thinking, man, I, my soul, my sole job is to provide for his family, and I'm, I may not be doing the best right now. And it wasn't lack of working. I, I want to make sure I'm crystal clear. It was not me sitting at home being a dud. Yeah. I was working hard, but the the months just didn't add up, right? Or the the money at the end of the you month. Had kids at up. that point. What's that? You had kids at that point. Yeah, at that point, I had three kids. Wow, so, even even tougher situation, right? Like, because you absolutely. had them as well. Okay, got it. Absolutely. So. Again, life happening for me. So if you can look at it that way, three days later, I go to our local real estate investor association meeting. And I uh, I used to go there as an insurance agent to insure investors. That was the whole point. I'd been going for five years and I didn't care to listen about wholesaling or fix and flip or any of these things. I didn't care because I was like, oh, that guy has six rentals. Let's go meet them so I can insure all six rentals. And uh, finally, I went with a new set of ears after uh, seeing my wife cry that night. And I didn't like seeing that. And I hear this individual that we both know, a, a local guy that, that does pretty well. And he talked about how he just did his a deal that he found three days prior, already assigned it, made $29,000. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what is this? <laughs> and so uh, that's what got me into it. To, so that's the precursor right after that, that week. I literally was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I hope, I hope that's the message I can share with every one of your guests today. If Cody Hoffman can do it, anyone can do it. Don't compare though your story with my story because comparison is the thief of all joy. And don't compare your story with Nathan and don't compare your beginning with Nathan's middle or with Cody's middle. They're not gonna, they're not gonna add up. It's an apple and an orange. So just compare yourself with you and how do you get better every day? And I hope this is my message. Uh, for me that week, I got into it. And back then you could send out a thousand dollars worth of, of direct mail and actually get a deal yeah, pretty tough to do that so i want to be crystal clear on that too times have shifted but you can also have other ways of not having you can have a shoestring budget and still get deals today mm -hmm. um i sent out some mail and i sent it to a tax delinquent list and I get on a phone call with an individual and I end up getting a, a deal. And we had a local guy that uh, a local investor that I said, hey, if you can show me the ropes and show me how to do some of these things, I'll even split the first deal with you. So there's another part that I also want to bring up is, Nathan, I consider you someone that is an authority. I know we're in the same market and I'm not here to steal any any thunder from this podcast. I'm here to say you're doing so good with people and helping them and serving them that if I was listening to this podcast, Podcast, I would find the local authority like Nathan and I would say, hey, I really don't know what I'm doing, but if I find a deal, can I partner with you? Because you still get paid, right? I'd rather have 10% of a watermelon than 100% of a grape. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, I'm partnering with the authority. So I'd find Nathan and I would say, hey, I think I got a deal. Can you help me through it? That's what I did, Nathan. I uh, got with an investor, a wholesome individual that I just like, love, trust, respect, and he walked me through it. The deal ended up being a $48,000 deal 
and we split it 50-50. We both made $24,000. And I, I will never, ever look back. I will always remember that. Not every deal is that big, so it kind of ruined me for, for my first deal. Yes. Um, but it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. And that was the point where it turned from faith to mm -hmm. fact. Yes. Wow. Amazing. So that experience, such, so tell me how that works. Like you go back with the check and you say, Hey babe, I'm quitting the insurance. How, what happened after that? Yeah. After that, it was like for the next four months, let's call it, it was double down. So that first deal, I was so sure in myself because I saw people that could do it and I, I don't lack confidence. I don't lack drive. I don't lack those things. And so I'm like, well, if this guy can do it, I can do it. I actually, <laughs> I don't suggest this for everyone. I actually got a credit card with 0% interest and I was putting market on a 0% interest credit card to get things going because I had no money. I was broke. We didn't even have money to put food on the table. I don't think so, a lot of people do that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be clear that maybe that's not the smartest thing, but Hey, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I went to the casino of life and I went all in on Cody Hoffine and it's been the greatest thing I've ever done was invest in me and no longer corporate America. So in within four months, I had already lined up to sell my book of business in insurance and uh, it was full time from there. So that's, that's kind of uh, taking you down the road of where I started. And I love reliving those moments. Isn't it fun sometimes to go back through those memories? It's absolutely amazing. I'll never forget it because of the gratitude, right? That was yeah. a big shift in my life. That was a big change in my life. So I don't share those stories with arrogance or pride. It's far from it. I share it out of gratitude. Again, going back to my maker, God, mm -hmm. that he thought fit for me to go down this path. I love it, man. And I appreciate the gratitude that you share because I think everyone can feel it because, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any resemblance of like, hey, I'm the man, right? Like, right. You're you'll never see a post of any car. In fact, you'll laugh if you saw the car I drive. You won't see posts about what my house looks like. I just... Yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. It just no. feeds the wrong side of people. No, agreed. Agreed. And it's kind of funny the way social media is now. It's the more, you know, I see a lot of these young guys that maybe have done their first deal and they're sitting by a Lambo. Maybe they got on Turo. I don't know how they did it, uh, but they're like wholesaled my, to my first car. And then they got millions of likes on TikTok. And it's like, dude, that's, that's not how this, that's just not how it is when you first get started. Like, I, I don't know. Crash and burn, ready to burn, ready to take place. Ah, uh, for sure. So, okay. So that's, that's how you got started. Obviously the, the whole journey, it's been, uh, you know, ups and downs, obviously like you're trying to figure it out. I'm sure it's been, it's been great. So tell us where, where you at right now? What, what's going on in your life? Cause I know you got that, that Joe home buyer sign behind you. So I, I you would laugh. I literally was with Jerry Norton, uh, who is a famous name in the YouTube space and coaching space. I was just on a phone call with him and I take my computer with me, the camera, and I go to my team and I said, Hey team, how long am I in the office working with you? And the, the exact response from my operation manager is like negative. And I kind of sat there. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, am I in the way? What does that even mean? But I would say now it's to the point where because me and Mark, my, my business partner, so this is not a solo operation. Mark is a phenomenal, phenomenal business partner and a phenomenal business owner. The guy gets things that I don't get and I get things that he doesn't get. We just really jammed together. We have always, we saw through, through our struggles that when we were hiring like people that it just didn't work out, we finally realized why it wasn't the people. It was the leaders. It was me and Mark. Mm. We had to look in the mirror and realize we weren't being the best leaders ourselves. So we took personal development serious. And Jim Rohn, this quote will resonate instantly. Rarely does a man's income exceed their level of personal development. So if we can just become better individuals each and every day, the byproduct is money chases you versus you chasing it. And so me and Mark really grabbed onto that quote and said, let's go full steam on this. And we started developing ourselves. And in doing so, we attracted a talent. The a talent has allowed us to grow a business where my 
teams because I spend negative time with them. It's probably two to five hours a week that I spend with my team. Mark, the same exact thing because our bigger focus is Joe Homebuyer. We now, it's a it's a franchise system, so we teach people how to do it. We have about 80, just right, just north of 80 franchise owners throughout the nation. How long nation. have you had it for, by the way, in operation? What's that? How long has it been in operation for, by the way? Uh, 2019 is like when you get, when we started like talking about it, 2020, like end of 2020 is when we started selling our first franchise. Can you believe that? Three years and you got 80 franchises. That's incredible. <laughs> and it's partnering with great people like yourself. I'm not saying you're a Joe, but I'm just saying we really protect culture. So mm -hmm. for those that are listening to this podcast, you're listening to because you're attracted to Nathan. And Nathan is very much a cultural fit of what we're looking for. And so that's that's the reason why it's been such a big, uh, I should say, we're not looking for the 255,000 like franchise locations. We're yeah. looking to just partner with the greatest people that culturally fit because that's 60% of what we look for and actually value. The skill set and the business like leadership is 40% and we can teach that. But what I can't teach is a dishonest person, to be honest. I can't teach a thief to be uh, not a thief. I can't teach someone that's rude to be kind. That just comes from internal. So we have a value system that we really uh, has has really made this grow in a way that's, that's very, very powerful because it's great people like you, Nathan. I appreciate that. And I I, I love that. And I don't know much about Joe Homebuyer. I am in Utah and I get some of the deals sent out. So I think this is awesome, not only for people who are listening, but for me, I, I really have a lot of questions about it. So is it cool if I like dive in, like almost if you're trying to sell me a franchise? I, I'm sure. Curious. Ask ask whatever you want. And I'm an open book, my friend. Okay. Well, so I, uh, I, I told you a little bit before this podcast, I had a wholesaling company. I had multiple virtual assistants. I was cold calling. I was doing all this and I built my company up. We were doing, we we're on track at, in the, during the year of the pandemic like to do a little over a million. Uh, but then obviously interest rates went up and we had some issues with some flips, like didn't sell for they wanted. My business partner, Amir, he was like, dude, this sucks. I'm out of here. And for me, I was like, hey, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to kind of pivot the model for right now. And I told you what I do right now is I'm back yeah. on that, you know, doing, I guess, solopreneur. Uh, yeah. Where I'm at, and I'm teaching people how to do that because a lot of people start there. So not that I'm not a fan of the, you know, marketing and growing the business. But I do feel like the bottom line for a lot of people that aren't good at running marketing, that aren't good at sales, the the profit margins, at least when I was doing it, weren't as much as you want them to be. Because if you don't run a tight ship, the leadership uh, portion of the business, it's it's difficult to be profitable, not be profitable, but have as much profit as people want in a business like this. So my mm -hmm. question for you is, what does Joe Homebuyer do to help those people be, be more profitable and not just make checks and then obviously have tons of expenses and not, and not be as profitable as they want? I'd love to say it's because we just know how to market to only the people that want to sell and they're going to sign a, they're going to sign a contract the first time they talk to you. That's far from the truth. Yes. The reality is this, at the end of the day, a real estate business is built on two things. And if you can just think of these two things, and this is the, this is the most crucial thing that people don't focus on. Yes, it's going to be profitable. You can make money, but it comes with marketing. You have to have a lot of leads come in and then you've got to be fantastic at managing those leads. So this really is a marketing and a sales business. And most people, if they don't understand that, maybe they don't know what they're signing up for. Right. And if a lead comes in and you're waiting more than an hour 
or for some people that I've heard, like it's been three days and I still got to get back to this lead. I'm like, it's too late. Sorry. Like it's, it's gone. And so you can pay for leads like you alluded to and it do nothing. And, and, and there could be a a zero profit. So it's not that we have a marketing arm that also we're like, Oh no, it's because we got a marketing channel. It's going to 10 X your marketing. No, right. But it's, it doesn't. Yeah. We're just really good at yes. Marketing but we're even better at what do we do when those leads come in? And we have a system, a process, SOPs lined up step-by-step. When a lead comes in, this is what you do all the way through the end to where you take it to a title company and close on it. Got it. Okay, so it's the system uh, behind the leads coming in. That's correct. Anyone can get leads, right? But if you're not following the Joe Homebuyer system, you're saying that's probably where you're saying a lot of people fail? Yeah, well, it's just mismanaged leads. I'd say mismanaged leads, right? You can you can get leads, but if you don't manage them, it's not going to turn into anything. And I think if you chase the deal, it's very hard to get the deal. Um, if you can change your mindset early in the game and just right out the gate, even though like you're like, no, I need this deal. I need to make next month's rent like I did, next month's uh, mortgage payment. Sales world, they call it commission breath. You mm-hmm. can't have that. This should really be out of serving people. For example, if someone, if your parents came to you and said, me and uh, your dad are getting divorced, you'd never say, okay, mom and dad, how many beds and baths does your home have so I can sell it for you? You would never say that. You'd be like, mom, yeah. dad. I had no idea you're getting divorced. Would, right? <laughs> right. You'd be you'd be so sympathetic. You'd be there to help them, serve them, cry with them, mourn with them. You'd be there to serve them and help them. Why is that any different when it's not your family? If you can get to that same quality of connecting with sellers that are going through those real-time struggles of divorce, losing a job, moving quickly, foreclosure, bankruptcy, these are real-time struggles. They don't need to, they don't if you're making it about the deal, we're we're missing the picture. It's how do I serve this individual, really understand their struggle, and then really get dialed in on a solution that serves them to get to a better place. You do that, and you'll throw your competition in the garbage. So how do you implement that culture in people? Because that's obviously a culture, that's a mindset thing, like looking. So how are you able to take, for example, me or someone that joins Joe Homebuyer and be like, hey, you got to switch the way you see these people and see, like, you got to serve it. How does that work? It would be front end understanding what your value system them is. So I wouldn't have anyone become a Joe unless I saw that they culturally fit first. So how I would do that, Nathan, is I would go through just a simple interview with our franchises, uh, the people that are wanting to become one, I'd be like this. So Nathan, let's go, let's like do a mock-up for like 30 seconds. Nathan, all I want is names. You don't have to share stories, but name three people that you admire, look up to, and that inspire you. What are the three names that come to your mind? Christ, you know, Christ, God. Oh, let's let me let me put a caveat to that. You have to know them and they have to know you like personally. So great. Okay. My wife, uh, my father, and <laughs> my mother. I love all them and I think those are perfect. Give me three characteristics about your wife. So not the story, but three characteristics about your wife that inspires you or motivates you to become someone better. She's a leader, she's a patient, and she's direct. I love that. What about your dad? Three characteristics. Caring, loving, and uh present. Okay. What about your mom? So I would say the same thing, but probably different. You want some different? No, that's great. So here's the thing, Nathan, like attracts like. So you name those three people because you yourself either have those qualities yourself or you're smart enough to work on yourself because you want those qualities. And either way, now I got to look at my internal system. Me and Mark came up with our values of honest, hunger. Hunger is kind of like that drive, right? I can't teach that. It's got to be internal. Humble, which is teachable and heart for others. So now I look at my four H's, right? Honest, 
hunger, heart for others, and humble. And now I look at what you just said, and I see, okay, you said loving, kind, present. Like you're saying all these words, and I'm like, okay, culturally, I know he fits. Now, let's see if like the leadership and all that stuff is going to be a fit too. So that's how we're able to bring in the right people. Like, how do we teach that? We don't, you don't have to really teach him. Look who you are when you said that. That to me puts a smile on my face and I'm like, Nathan, welcome aboard. Welcome to the Joe family because <laughs> you match me and Mark's value system yeah. that we built when we put together for Joe. Most people don't know their values. Why do you win? Take a minute after the podcast and say, okay, I win, but why do you win? And come up with your values. That's how you interview people to know if you're even hiring the right person to be on your team. That's a solid point. Do you find, this is kind of getting a little deep, but do you find that religious people share your values more than non-religious or do you not see like a correlation? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I know a lot of people that aren't religious that are very kind, like very humble, very honest, have a big heart for others and have a lot of drive. They're hungry, right? So not necessarily. In Utah, it seems like that's kind of a a, a big, let's say, culture here shift is is yeah. religion's big here, right? So exactly. it may be if I if I got my like myopic on it and said, yeah, there's a lot of people in our office that we all go to the same church, but that's not the quality or that or the qualifier, or the kicker. But outside of of us, no, I'd say nine out of ten of our franchise owners are not even are not even a of the same faith, and b there there's quite a few that may not even be religious, but yeah, I, I think there is a tie to that, right? Because when you have to have faith and reliance upon a higher source than yourself, the beautiful thing is that naturally kills ego. That naturally kills pride. And I would say the the natural man, right, or the the ego or the pride, it's our greatest enemy. That's what holds us back from becoming the best version of ourselves. So there is a, there is a tie that typically when you see people that are religious, that it's also typically, not always, but it's usually typically, there's also less ego, less pride because they're relying on a greater power, which is a powerful thing. Wow, that's everything you said is powerful. I love it. (laughs) So people reach out to you if they're interested in scaling their businesses from where they're at right now to is is, you tell them a specific like, hey, this is where we can take you. Do you have a certain goal or how's it? Unfortunately, no. With being a a franchise, uh, there's very little we can share numbers wise and we can't promise anything. So we're, we're directly guided by the FDD and regulated by the FDD. So all we can do is basically say, hey, do you want to talk to some of our franchise owners? And they can have conversations. The franchise owners can share everything, like their whole experience about Joe Homebuyer. But yeah, and I'd say more important than just the business, you can make money easy in real estate. And I, I say that I say that with gratitude. I don't say that with like, oh man, I'm so good. I made it easy. That's that's not the case. But what we're big on at Joe Homebuyer is how do we turn this from just being a high paying job to an actual business? And very few get to that point. I'd say 80% of wholesalers, investors, they stay in that zero to quarter million mark and never ever get past that. And the reason being is they wear all the hats and they feel like they can't delegate or maybe they don't know how to delegate or they don't think someone can do it as good as them. Or maybe there's fear about spending more than X amount of dollars a month in marketing. But if you want to get bigger, you have to spend more money. And so really Joe Homebuyer is about, okay, Okay, how do we quit helping this? How do we help this investor not burn candles at both ends of the stick by wearing all the hats and actually turn this individual into a leader, a business owner that then brings a team on so that he can or she can inevitably grow to however high you want to go. For some people, people want to go to a million. For some people, they're like, I want to go to 5 million. We will help you in that journey. But where you go is ultimately up to who's driving the car. 
Love it. So these are two of the issues that I had building a wholesaling business and scaling it up to that point. And uh, I want to ask your opinion on these. So when I was in Utah, I started out wholesaling and I got up to that quarter million, right? Half a million. And then we heard shiny penny, right? We heard nationwide, go nationwide. You can turn on nationwide paper <laughs> quick and you can do deals. It's easier. And we were in Utah at the time, you know, there's, I guess the mindset was like, Oh, if it's easier, maybe we can do, we'll do more money. So we went and did nationwide and it was a struggle. We figured it out. But the issue, I say the Achilles heel and nationwide is the relationships, like you displaying deals. Like, yes, you can find yeah. stuff, but that does not mean no, anybody wants it in that area. So have you heard that? And what was your thoughts on? Yeah. Don't yeah. There's a the market. Yeah, there's another side to that sword. So you said it, you bring up a good point, right? Is you get some shiny object syndrome, SOS, right? Shiny object syndrome. But the other side to that coin is actually the 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 bigger problem is we try to we spread ourselves too thin and now we're trying to work in multiple markets and we think, oh, I got Utah under control. The issue is we've got a goose right here laying golden eggs. Me and Mark did this, by the way. So I'm sharing this by personal experience. We had a goose laying golden eggs here in Utah and we, we got the same bug like you did. So we went to Indiana. So we started doing deals. We bought two homes, two homes for $2,500, not a piece, $2,500 for two homes. Yeah. We couldn't assign it for more than $1,000 more than that. And meanwhile, we started losing momentum over here in Utah mm. because now we're like putting some focus over here. And now the goose isn't getting fed like it was used to be fed. And now the goose for two months, we put up a goose egg, meaning we put up $0 in revenue because we weren't feeding the goose that was laying the golden eggs. Right. Sometimes when we look for other golden geese to lay eggs, we lose focus of the one that already has momentum. So no, it's for most people, it won't be smart until you figure out how to put a system, a team in this place and that it's running with or without you before you can go out to another area. And most people go too soon and then their, their original business flops. Okay, got it. Nailed it. So uh, a theme I've been hearing for the last couple, well, forever, but the last couple of weeks has been hitting me is focus, right? Like the one thing. So it's almost like that. It's like, hey, it can work, but you have to have your systems dialed in that yes. you, you can expand. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have that when they try it, right? That's correct. That's correct. So that's what the one uh, issue that I had or, or thing that I faced. Number two is hiring the right talent. Now, when you hire the right talent, the thing that I always knew is like, hey, I'm trying to get people. I was hiring people on commission base and that my mentality was like the, that type of talent, you know, I'd have to find the right. The, there's just people that are willing to not take, you know, a like a set salary, they're different. They track different people. Someone's just willing to take pure commission. That was my mindset. So maybe I brought in people, not the highest talent, no offense to anybody that works for me, but <laughs> in the past, let me, that's what I would like to know about you in your system. Do you, do you teach like a pay structure that helps bring on the high talent or do you like, Hey, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You can be yes. commission only. Yeah. So there's two sides to that. Again, going back to, we hired some bad people too. So no offense to the people that work for me either. We've hired some bad people, but to help them out and to help them realize that it was because me and Mark weren't great ourselves. And so I, I always want to be crystal clear that when you hire bad people, usually it's just a mirror of who you are. And most times we right. don't want to face the truth and look in the mirror. And that's where me and Mark have learned to always look first is look in the mirror and say, did I really give this person an uh, opportunity to win? Did I, was I crystal clear with the vision and their opportunities, like their tasks, the things, the responsibilities that they had to do? Were they capable of that? So that's that leadership side. That's probably, I would say that's actually 70% of it is usually falls on us and not the, the person we're hiring. Agreed. Yes, agreed. And then the other one is, yes, 
pay structure, I would say uh, 80% of our franchisees, including ourselves, give some kind of a draw against their commission. So if their commission, let's just throw out a number for easy number, 10% commission of the of the, of the the assignment fee. But you give them a draw of $3,000. And let's say they do 60 grand in one month in assignments. Well, you've already paid them 3,000 in that draw. So you only owe them $3,000 more. So it's a draw that works against the commission. That's probably the more normal that I see out there. And it seems to work really, really well within our franchise system and outside of our franchise system. I teach that quite a bit whenever I'm on people's podcast is there's a way to do it and not have to pay a base plus commission. Here's a base that draws against your commission. And you found that that uh, works pretty well to get the right talent. Yeah. But then you have like some owners that are just like beginning to scale and that that fear can hold them back. Like, oh, but what if they don't bring the money back? Well, don't look at it as 3000 times 12, which is $36,000 a year. Don't look at it like that. Look at it like this is an investment. Never look like it is a cost. Human beings are not a cost. Human beings are an investment. And so if we can already start to say, yeah, I'm going to make some bad investments. I'm going to make some good investments. We do it all the time in the stock market or real estate even. Right. Make an investment but you only need 90 days to see if that person's going to work out. So really you have to have the mindset. I'm investing nine grand today to see if this is going to work out. But because of all these processes and systems that double check and cross check that I have a high priority that this actually is going to work through Joe Homebuyer, your bet is like a a higher return, 80, 90, 100% return on that money. So if you can also think in small margins, I'm not investing 36,000. No, you're not. You're investing 9,000 because after 90 days, if it doesn't work out, I'm also cutting them loose. Okay. Love it. So you got a runway, you know, you yeah. let them know what they're got that, you know, what their time and what they need to yeah. do. Yeah. And set up the guidelines. Here's what has to happen in 90 days. If not, we've got to sit down. Do you feel like you can do this? Oh yeah, I'm ready to go. And some people are like, Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if you're ready for my team then. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming you have like a, uh, like a certain amount of leads where you're like, Hey, you actually can upgrade to another acquisition guy when you are producing this amount of leads for them. Right. You're, I'm assuming you don't tell people just to hire an acquisition guy and him sit on his hands or no, 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 no. So they also have to find their own leads. But then yeah, we love competition. We have multiple acquisition managers here in just Utah. And uh, competition is is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. So I never hire just one acquisition manager. We always hire many. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Competition is good. Well, hey, I've, I've learned a ton. And for anybody that's interested in uh, getting a home, Joe Homebuyer, having this conversation with you, I'm assuming you or one of your teammates uh, has interviews with people how do they get a hold of you yeah so you can look at joehomebuyerfranchising.com and book a call with our team glad to do that also you can reach out to me just on instagram cody hoffine look for the one with the blue check mark because there are plenty of people copying who i am and i'm not that person uh they'll get you involved in crypto and i know nothing about crypto so yeah cody hoffine you can find me on facebook and instagram is probably the two social media channels i i respond to people the most the other ones although i have like a tiktok and like a twitter i've never logged in uh i have people run those accounts for me so i have no clue who's talking to me in those in those places I love it. Well, let me uh, let me um, end off with a question. Another one I would have, and then we'll end it. I know there are a couple people that own Joe Homebuyer franchises. Is there like a sweet spot where you see a team? Is it like a smaller team? Is it a large team? Do you see like uh, what you're seeing that's a lot of success in the Joe Homebuyer? home buyer franchises is it a certain amount of uh, that's a, size of a business this may be un- unwowing an underwhelming answer i'm going to give you it depends on the owner 
So some people are fine with, we have an individual in Arizona that is a small group of, he has like a VA and a dispo manager and he's fine with, he's probably in his sixties and he's fine with doing one to two deals a month and he doesn't want to scale it any bigger, but that's, that's awesome. Cause he knows what he wants yeah. and we helped him get there. And then you have individuals like we have one here local with us that he wants to, he, his biggest goal was, Hey, how do I take you and Mark out with your own system? And so his goal is to do, how do I do 10, 15, 20 deals a month? And so it just depends on what you want. So I'd say first and foremost, get very clear on what you want and don't do it because other people are doing, but what is it? What are your needs? What is your why? What do you need to accomplish in life? And then map out a, a simple plan to attack that day by day, 1% better each and every day, those marginal gains. So it's not, there's no real sweet spot. This is the underwhelming part. No, it's just, what do you want? And then we map out a blueprint to accomplish it. Wow. Powerful, powerful podcast we had. We got a user on Facebook that's watching live says awesome insights. Congrats. I love it. People, people are uh, engaging. That's what we like to see. So Cody, I would love to have you uh, one of my events. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And, uh, awesome having you on here, man. I actually kept you a little longer than I said I would. I usually take these podcasts a little shorter, but I like to learn. So I went, I went for it. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Honor for being here. Yep. All right, everybody. Talk to you later on the next one.